0: Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Chrisloff. I'm editor of The Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We had a new uh, issue of the newsletter sent out yesterday. It was a continuation of earnings season last week. There was a lot of good stuff in there. On the macro side, continued to see strength in the U.S. economy, supply chain issues, saw inflation, and some talk about the Federal Reserve, which will be meeting this week and likely to start tapering. So yeah, it was kind of a continuation of the same things with a lot of little stuff in there, which we'll talk about. Eric, any high-level thoughts?
1: I just wanted to start on the labor issues because I think for a while now I've been reading like a lot of companies have issues with the uh, labor. So it was pretty interesting to see Sam's Club and Royal Caribbean saying like, we don't see these issues at all. And I think for Royal Caribbean like, it was mostly because they, I think people are naturally attracted to jobs at sea. So then they they don't have any issue with that. And, then, and I think same for Sam's Club, That there's an attraction to other types of jobs. So the companies that are saying that they are having issues are mostly maybe that need transportation. I think there are companies like Flexsteel, Steel, Amazon, Kimberly uh, Clark, the major issue that continue to be that companies are saying are constraining them is supply chain issues. And it was surprising to see almost all the big tech companies actually comment about how Supply chain issues are impacting them, whether it's Facebook uh, indirectly through ad spending going down, or it's Amazon, which is directly actually being impacted by that. So I think that was pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: I think the comments from the tech companies, Amazon and Facebook, both really stood out to me for a few reasons. I think the most important reason it stood out to me, honestly, is it was showing effects of economic cyclicality on two companies that have not really been hit by economic cyclicality before. And you're seeing potentially. The hypergrowth of these companies starting to trail off such that they're just becoming more cyclical. And I mean, I have a personal rule of thumb when I'm reading through these conference calls that the companies that don't talk about cyclicality or what's going on in the economy at all are actually the ones you want to be invested in because they tend to have these tailwinds that are just so strong that they don't even make it into the earnings calls. And so Facebook and Amazon were two companies that were always that way, except this is the first time I've ever really seen them talk about cyclicality in a way that's meaningful. And also, in addition, we had a few quotes in there about e-commerce slowing in general, the growth slowing relative to what happened last year. Obviously, we took a lot of demand and pulled it forward with what happened with COVID. But still, the fact that e-commerce is seeing some effect is noteworthy.
1: Pretty interesting that you say that because it's true that, I mean, you've been doing earnings call for five years, myself, or five to seven years, and I think... All that time, we rarely actually pick up quotes from Amazon and I think also Facebook. They're pretty dull to read because most of the time it's normally tech stuff and all. So it's very, very interesting that this week they took time to actually discuss uh, secret technologies. Now tying it to what you just said, I think then it must mean that they're actually seeing some real issues and uh, they're actually being also impacted by whatever is happening. They're not immune completely to what is happening in the economy. Uh, And of course, the slowing down of e-commerce, that's also a challenge. And this is Facebook and Shopify talking about it. Uh, But the most interesting aspect of the week was, of course, uh, Facebook being renamed as Meta. (laughs) What's your thought on that?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, as I was thinking about talking about the cyclicality impacting Facebook, the Meta change kind of coalesced for me as well, because it is also an indication that Facebook's core business growth is slowing. And they're looking for new avenues of growth, which I happen to believe in the metaverse. I think it's going to be a really, really big thing from an entertainment standpoint. And I think we will all engage with the metaverse in some way over the next 10 to 20 years. And Facebook is very likely to lead that, but it's interesting. Relative to these other comments?
1: I mean, of all the companies that are working on the metaverse, I think uh, Facebook is the loudest, and uh, they're the guys who have like done, I think they, as you say, like they've brought the conversation from being just a tech only or something that happens only in gaming platforms to now something that actually happens in, uh, you know, in real, in the real world. Conversations about okay, how does the metaverse impact us, and how are we going to benefit from us? Uh, I mean, yeah. a lot of memes and the jokes on Twitter that last this past week about the metaverse.
0: Look, I read I read that quote and also a quote that I think didn't make it into the final cut, but about Facebook focusing on younger audiences and talking about how TikTok was one of their most formidable competitors. And I just read those things and thought to myself, what an amazing competitor Mark Zuckerberg is and what a visionary he is, because really what happens in entertainment and media is that the big platforms exist and then they tend to be displaced by new media avenues. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Facebook in its original iteration could have gotten displaced by Twitter, could have gotten displaced by Instagram and could have gotten displaced by TikTok is kind of in a way, but they know how to get ahead of those. I mean, Zuckerberg has enough vision to really get right in front of those. And I think he sees that the metaverse is an existential threat to the way that we interact with the internet today via the web browser or the mobile phone, which is where Facebook thrives. And he's getting ahead of this, what he thinks is like this massive, uh, massive secular change where previously new startups, new entrants could have entered and probably still will. But if Facebook is controlling that, it continues to control the internet for another cycle. So it really shows vision on his part. And I think it's. Shows me why he's one of the you know best capitalists in the world.
1: Yeah, I think to quote him directly, he says over the next decade, these new platforms are going to uh, to start to unlock the kind of experience that I want to build. Since before I even started Facebook, it seems like it's been a long term vision uh, from the time Facebook started on the desktop and then shifted to mobile in twenty fourteen and the likes, and now totally going into the metaverse. So I think it, it's all about staying ahead of the competition. That's actually disrupting your own business. So if it works out, it's gonna work out big time. And if it doesn't, of course, uh, well, it was just another bet and they still the core business of trying to also uh, revive. But Facebook still has the same the, the challenge of they need to get the younger audiences back in. And I think by creating this big vision of a metaverse, it's all about also bringing in the young people Something else that I noted is the iOS changes. Uh, they are really affecting companies like Facebook. I think from two aspects, they said. I think targeting and measurement is becoming more uh, blurry, blurry in that sense. On one hand, you have Facebook saying that these iOS changes are actually impacting them a lot, and then you have companies like Twitter, which are like, "Oh, we don't use the, uh, those kind of cookies like to target customers. We actually rely on first party data." So then they're not massively affected. And then in the middle, you have Apple, who said. Consumers are actually loving, they they can choose whether to be tracked or not to be tracked. And so this means that these iOS changes, they are here to stay. So they are they their long term. So companies have to adjust. So this is a very significant point of shift in the advertising cycle and all the advertising models that companies have been operating for a while. Thoughts on that yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Facebook was talking about a targeting issue, creating a longer-term challenge that's going to take a multi-year effort to fix is really an important thing to think about as a headwind for for Facebook. Um, But yeah. (laughs) One other thing I wanted to go back to earlier in the macro section was a comment from McDonald's talking about how they... Are seeing that their customers are not having an issue with 6% annual price increases, the inflation. They're able to take price and not see a real difference in volumes. Um, I think that's really important because I think that that is something that has been the case this year, that I don't know if we're going to actually be able to continue to sustain that rate of inflation and not see some sort of demand response. This just, is a anecdotal feel I'm getting from driving around and living my own life here in the U.S. You know, I saw six and a half dollar gas prices in in L.A. this week, which like six dollars a gallon. You know, there's a lot of people that that are going to be restricted in their mobility because of how expensive gas prices are. And then the same thing, like I went out to dinner this weekend and the. The bill, when it comes, is like meaningfully painful compared to what it used to be. I mean, to the extent that it feels like I'm spending twice as much when I go to to eat at a restaurant today than I was before in the pandemic. So I, I do think that there may be some demand response that we should be we should be on the, on the lookout for as this inflation continues to hit. Actually, Any thoughts, there
1: yeah, I agree with you on that uh, because of one point. Remember, somewhere mid this year, I think the statistics that came from Bank of uh, America was that. Around 66% of money that was flowing through the bank accounts was actually being saved. So I think a hint I'm getting is some of that money is actually being spent away now. So I think like flowing into going into next year, it may actually be that consumers don't have any more money to spend because like the stimulus checks have stopped. So they may have been able to sustain the demand this year because of that money that they had saved. But I wonder how that is sustainable long term. So one year price increases of six percent is okay, but like a consecutive 6% price increases may actually not be uh, sustainable. So I think that's a trend I've seen in a couple of companies here and there in the earnings calls. Like customers don't have any problem taking price increases. They don't have any problem like waiting. They don't have any problem right currently, but you'd expect that at some point they're, they're going to feel this in their pockets and then they're, they're actually going to resist those kind of price increases. And that's where you're going to get demand being hit.
0: Yeah. At a certain point when inflation is running higher than wage and compensation increases, you have a real decline in purchasing power. And uh, that is likely to flow through at some point because I don't think wages are rising at 6% on average you know, among McDonald's customers. One other or two other things that I think are really important from this week's newsletter that people should have on their radars. One was in the international section was a company called Haverty Furniture talking about getting positive news from their vendors that their vendors in Vietnam are beginning to open back up. And that could be a really big signal for uh, marginal improvement in the supply chain because Asia had been the bottleneck for a long time. So Vietnam's opening back up with more vaccination, things like that. Uh, it could have implications for the broader supply chain that are positive. So
1: yeah and i think europe is also picking up in terms of growth i think that was the quote from lausanne that i saw there uh, and people may be underappreciating uh, maybe europe is not that much talked about because uh, i mean they've had struggles with the pandemic in the uh, in the past year or so but i think they actually are picking up slowly our restrictions have been lifted especially in the nordics now so people are able to move around as if it was pre-pandemic and all of course with the few like a uh, keep your distance and all but generally, I think that's what's happening. Uh, maybe one thing more that I wanted to note was the, I think the slump in trading in uh, Robinhood. I think it's pretty interesting. Like, okay, like there was a surge in volatility in markets in the first half of the year. And that's when they actually IPO'd. and now it seems like crypto activity is actually slow, coming off very record highs. So interesting to see where that goes from here. Yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely. I think as an indicator of just retail trading in general. One more thing I wanted to mention as well. God, there was a lot of good stuff in there this week, but CoStar Group talking about renters getting ready to move and saying that in a survey they did recently, only 24% of apartment renters expect to renew within the same community, down from 47% pre-COVID. Apartment uh, renters are probably just one segment of a broader part of the population that is potentially going to make a big move with their life, like moving cities, moving jobs. As the economy has settled into a more normalized-ish zone post-COVID, as it's settling, people are, are able to take that, potentially make big changes with their lives.
1: Yeah, couple that with working from home trends that you've been observing, the pandemic and that actually tells you there's this pretty significant change in mindset in where people want to live and stay. And if uh, housing prices are going to go up the way they've been going for a while, well we are we we are up for some significant changes ahead. So I think we'll stop there for this week. I think this week was really rich in terms of quotes. I think we had a really difficult time cutting down on quotes. we have We had a huge amount uh, of quotes that we left out this week. Thank you for joining us this week.